What's good? What's good, everybody? Thanks for joining us again. It's your boy, Sway Max Sr. I got my boy E with me. What's up, man? What's up, brother? How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Hustling and surviving. I uh, hear you. you know, same, same shit, different day, man. It's crazy. Uh, we got a good card, though. We got 11 fights this week. We got UFC 252. Uh, they're going to be back at the Apex Center. Uh, yeah, man, and uh, we got uh, the, the trilogy. We got DC versus Stipe, uh, so that'll be fun. You got a real good co-main event, too. Uh, we got O'Malley versus Vera. Just uh, some some pretty good fights top to bottom here. Agreed. It's a fun little card. Yeah. Uh, shoot, we're going to jump right into it. Is there anything that you want to uh, talk about real quick before we get uh, rolling? No, just from a DraftKings standpoint, it's probably like, it feels like this is a week where you kind of have to spread out your ownership a little bit just because there's so many matchups that can provide big scores and where either a guy or gal can win. Uh, so I do suggest probably making a few more lineups than you usually do just for this card. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Um, and these pay-per-view cards, they get crazy too. Um, mm-hmm. so at least uh, I'll, I, I love watching these double, triple fucking title fights but man they're tough as far as the dfs standpoint comes from yeah 100 uh, yeah so i'm glad we just get a straight up pay-per-view good card one title fight um this should be some good stuff um so yeah without further ado we'll jump into it uh and, and kind of piggyback in what, what he was talking about there's gonna be a lot of fights here um that can go either way and then there's also a lot of fights here that like if these if these guys or gals win i mean they're probably gonna score really well too um, so we'll talk about that as we get there. Um, to start off with the first fight, though, we got uh, Tony Kelly going up against Kai Kamaka. Um, I'll let E start off on this one because I know uh, we're, I was checking out. We were checking out his uh, cheat sheet earlier. Um, and if you guys uh, don't know, uh, which I'm sure you do, definitely check out um, his, uh, his sheet on this page. You can check it out on his Twitter page. You can also find it um, in our uh, Slack chat that we're kind of helping out in from time to time. Um, but yeah, it's there. But uh, but I'll let him start off on this one uh, real quick. I'll just give you the deets. Uh, Kai is coming in. Uh, he currently is minus two thirty here. And again, I'm taking these off of uh, DraftKings, and they're pretty up to date. So uh, mm-hmm. that should be the that should be the most current. Um, but uh, yeah, he's the minus two thirty. He is uh, eighty nine hundred on DraftKings, and then Tony Kelly is seventy three hundred on DraftKings. Um, what do you got on this one, brother? Yeah, with Kamaka, I think he's a talented guy, and he's going to win some USC. UFC fights, but he just doesn't have a style that I like to target on DraftKings, especially at that salary of 8.9K. Like, right. He's been to decision in seven of his last eight fights. He doesn't really have much finishing inst- instincts in general, and he doesn't throw with the highest output. He doesn't land a lot of takedowns. Uh, so from a DraftKings standpoint, I don't really have any interest at all in him, especially on a slate like this while other fighters in that price range. Uh, but with Kelly, he's a very talented guy. It just he's taken some really long breaks in his career, and he's only he doesn't even have that many fights. But what he's shown, uh, he has really underrated takedowns, pretty solid striking. His striking defense needs some work, but he throws with good output. Um, and the salary is seventy three hundred. I think he definitely makes an interesting GPP play. Probably yet suppressed ownership because it was just added to the card a few days ago. Uh, but it's definitely it's definitely not a fight I'm gonna go out of my way to target. But I'm gonna pick Kelly to win by decision. Nice. I like it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's, yeah, it's tough. I think like, 
if if you were just to put these guys in a blender, you would just be like, okay, you know, Kai's probably just a better all around fighter. You know what I'm saying? And probably mm-hmm. just from like a casual standpoint. But yeah, no, I do like I like Kelly's wrestling, and that's probably what he's gonna do. He's got to look to wrestle if he wants to win this fight. Yeah, um, if he doesn't, he's probably gonna lose like a slow paced striking decision. Yeah. Where like I, I I think if that's the case, Kamaka probably scores best case scenario 80, 85, best case. Yeah. So. Like that's how right. I mean, if you're making 100 lineups, sure, throw him in a couple. But besides that, I don't really think there's any need. He's my fate of the night on the sheet. Yeah, yeah, I was just gonna say that he's he's the fate of the night on on uh, on your sheet. And I'm probably gonna be playing about 100 lineups minimum. I'd say this week. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll we'll see what happens there. Um, yeah, I'm I'm gonna have minimal. I think this is one of those uh, kind of cases where you see too, um, because we know that the the prices go along with what Vegas is going along with as far as the odds too. Because and they're kind of stuck right there at that eighty nine hundred. Because there's no way in hell he should like he's worth that much as far as value oh, is concerned. But they're like, well, shoot, he's minus two thirty, so we're gonna make him eighty nine hundred. You know, like so, it would be, uh, it'd be extremely fluky if he ends up on the optimal lineup. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. Especially sure. on a slate like this where he has Brown and Marab and Burns and Jenderoba all priced above and below him. Like, good oh, lord, right there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on that one. Uh, and we'll keep moving. Uh, next up, we have Chris Dawkins going up against Parker Porter. Uh, this is a heavyweight fight, so we got some big boys here. Uh, Parker Porter is 8,500, and Chris Dawkins is coming back at 7,700. Yeah, this one's got a pretty good inside the distance prop. Uh, last I checked, it was uh, minus 335. And, I'll, and I mentioned it. That one's pretty significant. I do think this one's probably – it's got potential to end early. Neither one of these guys are really impressive. And so – No, neither guy to have seen material. Yeah, for sure. It's either going to be, like, dumb, sloppy, like, super sloppy, um, or one of these guys is going to get finished. But uh, it's – I don't know, man. These fights, um, especially lately, we've been seeing more sloppy than finishes. So I just want to put yeah. that out there. Um, but but I can't deny um, that, you know, especially as far as uh, pricing is concerned, um, I'll probably have a little bit of Dacus, um, and I'll probably have a little bit of Porter, too. Um, and as far as, like, I'm playing 100 lineups, so – I'm sure he's probably taking a little bit of a different stance on this. Um, but, I mean, I'm, I'm talking like 10, maybe 15%. Uh, but I do yeah. like them both for, like, GPP for upside. Uh, you know, they might, they might be able to get you there. Um, you got anything on this one, brother? Yeah, like, like I said, this isn't a UFC-level fight. I mean, both guys looked bad on the scales. I mean, Porter, like I tweeted about it. I mean, the guy looks like he spent the last – four hours at a Chinese buffet before he stepped on the scale. The guy looked horrific. Like, I'm, holy crap. Um, but he does have – he has fought some decent competition on the regional scene. He fought John Jones early in John Jones' career, and he got destroyed in 30 seconds. Um, he has some solid wins, nothing special. He has decent striking, average power in his hands, and I would slightly below average wrestling with Delskis. I th- think he definitely has more upside in this matchup. It's just he's extremely inconsistent, and his fight IQ is horrific. Um, so yeah, if he decides to, I mean, they re- both have been fighting cans. So I can't. Yeah, really say exactly. That. <laughs> so like, if if Dawkins Dawkins decides to wrestle here, I think he definitely should win this fight. But if it plays out on the feet, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked at all if Porter KO'd him. So the preferred play is Dawkins. I actually think he's gonna have a fair amount of ownership on DraftKings. I don't think he's gonna be a sneaky play or anything. Uh, but again, it's not a fight that I'm going to have a ton of. Yeah. I honestly, if, uh, if, if he's going to have a bit of ownership, I would, I would ponder we'll probably be a little bit underweight on that. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I just, yeah, like, and I, 
yeah, I just they're definitely like at seventy seven hundred if he does go out there and and decides to wrestle and some crazy happens because I do think it might be kind of kind of crazy for him to end up on that optimal lineup so early. Um, it's possible. Yeah. That's why I'm gonna have some shares on it. But man, I'm telling you, these heavyweight fights—they've uh, been—they've been sloppy. And these two guys, it's yeah. just—it's just, just—it's just not looking good as far as a good matchup is concerned. And when you got Agreed. a lot of good fights here and a lot of fights that are still yeah. scored pretty high, I think we can—we yep. can just take what we can get from this one and keep moving. Amen. Yep. All right, man. Uh, so next up, we have uh, Ashley Yoder going up against Liviana Souza. Uh, this one is a uh, straw weight, so they're uh, 115ers. Uh, Souza is 8,600, and Ashley Yoder uh, is 7,600. And, uh, yeah, Porter, um, let me see here. Porter is actually going to be uh, – oh, sorry. Um, Souza is actually the minus 162 favorite. Um, and, really, I just don't – I don't like this one. Um, no. I just don't like it at all. There's not really much to go on. If and I'm like, I'm going to be playing 100 lineups. Um, I'm going to do my best to try to kind of not get any. Um, and that's yeah. how I'm going to play it. So you got anything else on this one? Yeah, I completely agree. Like, I'll probably fall between somewhere between like 25 and 50 lineups. And I might have this in two or three lineups max. Like it's just, it like, but my Sousa. preferred play. Yeah. My preferred play would be Sousa just because yeah. of the submission upside. But yeah. <clears throat> I mean, Yoder's a lot bigger. Like Sousa's really talented. She's just very small for the weight class. And it's kind of shown in her last fight, last fight in two or two fights. Um, but I mean, I think she is slightly better everywhere. It's just I wouldn't be shocked if Yoder can kind of bully her around the octagon and wins a decision and scores sixty points. Yeah. Uh, so I, I have no real interest in Yoder, like unless somebody like you, where you're making hundred lineups or Souza. I have minimal interest in, but I think she does make a little sneaky GPP play. Yeah, because you because she does have the submission upside to where it's like if it does yeah. get freaky, you know, I mean, it's it's worth maybe about seven percent or something like that. Which, correct, um, if you're making a hundred lineups, that'd be about seven lineups, um, yep. you know. So, but um, but yeah, I uh, yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that one. It's just a tough price range for her too, with everybody else in that price range. It is. It really is. It is. I agree. Um, it actually, I'm I'm kind of interested in the fight itself though, just to watch it. It's gonna be a good fight to watch. Because uh, I'm interested to see what kind of Sousa does here. And I'm interested to see uh, Kyle Yoder. Yeah, she's a little gangster. She, she is, man. She she's is, just so just, small for the weight class. That's the only issue. Yeah, and, and they just don't score well for DraftKings. But uh, this would be nice to watch, though. But, mm-hmm. uh, so we'll move on. Ashley Yoder is always good to watch in general. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, all right, so we have Danny Chavez going up against TJ Brown here. Uh, this is going to be a featherweight fight. TJ Brown is 8,800, and Danny Chavez is coming back at 7,400. Um, I'll let E kind of pop off on this one, uh, but I'll just give you some stuff real quick. Uh, Brown is the favorite currently at minus 155, and this one does have a little bit of inside the distance prop. Um, uh, there, I'll, I'll touch on just a couple of things after E does, but uh, but yeah, I mean, this is this can be a good fight. Um, I know, uh, I know E likes Brown and I like Brown, and um, yeah, what do you got on this one, man? Yeah, like you said, I, I mean, TJ Brown, like he's not, he's never gonna, I don't think he's gonna be a top 15 guy, maybe he can be top 20-ish, somewhere around there, but it just, he has an incredible style for DraftKings with all his takedowns and passes. It just, he's so reckless and careless in there. He just gets caught in stupid submissions like we saw in his last fight, where he gets clipped weird punches. But I mean, if you look at his last fight, he lost in the early second round by submission, and he still put up 63 DraftKings points. Like He landed 32 strikes, 7 takedowns, and 4 advancements. And I think Jordan Griffin is a lot better than Chavez. 
So, I mean, this is a spot where TJ Brown has all the upside in the world. I even blow a hot take. I think he has more upside in that in that matchup than Marab does in his matchup with Dodson. Uh, so I'm going to have tons of TJ Brown and GPPs. It's just, like I said, he's so reckless out there and so careless that sometimes he gets caught in weird chokes or he gets clipped. Uh, so I definitely does, if you're going to have planning on having lots of TJ Brown like me, because uh, he is in the GPP core in the sheet, then I definitely think you need to have some Chavez uh, just in case TJ Brown pulls a stunt. But, I mean, TJ Brown should really put on a wrestling, wrestling clinic here. I'm going to pick him to win by a dominant decision, possibly even a late finish. Uh, it's just I prefer him in GPPs over cash just because you never know if he's going to do something stupid mid-fight. And with Chavez, there's not much film available on him. Um, but he is on a nice little streak for himself. The last three fights, he's all won by knockout. But before that, he I mean, these last three fights were his only knockouts in his career, and they weren't against very good competition. Um, so like I said, if you're planning on having lots of Brown, you should definitely have a few shares of Chavez just to run it back. But, I mean, Brown is definitely the play here. Yep. No, I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, he's definitely going to be the play here. Uh, he should he should style, really, man. Uh, his shit yeah. is a little suspect. It's a little suspect, yeah. um, like not as far as getting like KO'd, but getting dropped. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, and one thing that I do like here is that he has a, what is it? Five or six inch reach advantage. So I think, I think he'll be able to shoot his takedowns before he has to get into in exchanges in the pocket. Hopefully. Uh, yeah, Cause if he starts, if he, if he starts getting into pockets exchanges in the pocket, I think could be a little pause for concern there, but could get a little sketchy. Yeah. But he has, he has, like insane upside he has probably i mean he could easily put up 120 points here yeah for sure and so and on pretty much that's how i'm gonna play too i'm gonna have a lot a lot of shares of brown um he's kind of in that sweet spot too at 8800 so i mean he yep. easily can be optimal and then he might I, be he might be under owned do you think sorry to interrupt you but i'm thinking that he might because everybody's gonna go marab 87 burns 89 and so on and so i'm thinking he might be he might be able to sneak what do you think Low thirty, high twenties. I think, I, or even I hope we can get him at twenties. I hope we can get him at twenties or thirties. I think people. I think he might be a little higher than that. We might see. Yeah, I think. I think. Um, I think people might. We might see too much recency bias. Um, yeah. As far as John Dotson is concerned, even though he like it wasn't, you know what I mean. But it's, it still was a KO. You know what I mean? Like he knocked that dude out, and people are gonna see that and. Uh, I think people are going to tout that too. Uh, he's really oh, yeah. cheap too, so I think. I mean, I he mean, just he's, never he's, scores he's, well in drafting. Yeah, he, no, he even in that knockout, he did it. He scored like seventy like, something, right? Uh, I think like yeah, like seventy five. Yeah, like and he was 60, losing that fight seventy four point five. Yeah, no, he, yeah, he was, and but I, I think people are still going to tout him as possibly being live, and so I think that might bring Marab's uh, ownership down. Even though it Correct. shouldn't, we'll talk about it when we get there. Um, so it's it's tough, man. It's tough. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if they're honestly about the same, though. If I wouldn't be shocked if they're about the same. Um, yeah, that's true. Because I think people might. I think I think we might see uh, some low ownership on on the fight fighter that we really like on that strawweight fight coming up here in a second. Yeah. Um, I think we might see some low ownership on that one. I think that's the one that we. That would be glorious if that's the case. Yeah, I, I think so, man. Because a lot of people, they, you know, they're kind of biased uh, when it comes to when it comes to the female fights, anyway, man. So, mm-hmm. um, but we'll see, we'll see. 
Uh, but yeah, that's it's gonna be tough. I think they'll be about the same. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw forty on both. To tell you the truth, I wouldn't be surprised. fair enough. But I hope we get twenty. So shit. Um, so yeah, going uh, coming up next and kind of segueing in, uh, we have Felice Herrick going up against Verna uh, Janjiroba. This is a strawweight fight, the fight that we were talking about here. And uh, Jandroba is 9K, and she is the current favorite, of course. And Felice Herrig is coming back at 7,200. Um, let's see here. Currently, she is the minus 315 favorite. And, yeah, man, it's going to be – this is just a terrible matchup for Herrig. Um, yeah. And she's coming back off of the surgery, you know what I'm saying? And uh, one thing – ACL too, that, surgery, right? ACL surgery. Yeah. That, man. Yeah, that's tough, brother. That's, that's She's not bad. a spring chicken anymore either. No, and this girl's about to attack her legs, like you know what I'm yeah. saying. So it's gonna be tough. Um, and one thing that's interesting, and for future, uh, you know, for the listeners, you can kind of, you know, this is a little nugget you can take forward too. Um, anytime, especially, I don't know why the bookmakers do this, but anytime you see these female fights and they're anywhere, anywhere, I'd say under like a like a plus two hundred. Anytime you see a plus one fifty, one sixty, seventy, something like that, that that those are pretty close to being pickle mods to what I see because they usually are pretty biased towards those anyway. I think mm-hmm. if you see that in a male fight between these two caliber of fighters and just the matchup that we have here, I think we definitely would be seeing higher inside the distance odds. Um, so that's just something to know, man. Anytime you see something like that, because usually they're real high, you'll see like plus 400s and plus 350s yep. and stuff like that. Um, so a plus one sixty, that's that's pretty telling right there. That they're you know that they're they're kind of putting some money on it. They don't want to give up too much there. Um, so I mean it's interesting and, and yeah, I think Jandroba is the player. I think real quickly, like, and I'll let E get on it. If this gets to the mat, it's a wrap, bro. Like, oh yeah, if she she's a specialist. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, what, what else you got on this one? Yeah, I mean, I and I mean, Felice Herrig's a very tough girl. I mean, she has. Pretty solid striking. She doesn't have a striking advantage, and this fight is just yeah. This is a, especially for a girl that's been out grappled by girls like Caitlin Curran. I mean, Jesus Christ, she got out grappled by Paige Vizant. She got taken down. She got taken down. (laughs) God help her. Uh, She got taken down two times by Grasso. Taken down two times by Justine Kish. Taken down by Courtney Casey. She was taken down by Carolina. She was taken down and controlled by Michelle Watterson. And none of them are even close to the grapplers that Janderoba is. Um, I mean, obviously, Janderoba needs a finish to hit value here at that salary. But I really think she's going to get it. I think it, I don't think this fight's going to go past the first round. I think she's going to get a takedown within a few minutes, within the first couple minutes, easily pass, and then go to mount and sink in a choke shortly after that or get an arm bar. Um, and even her, her striking is slowly improving. Uh, she competed well against uh, Cookie Monster on the feet. And then she actually held her own and got her own takedowns in that fight, too, against Carla Esparza. And then, obviously, she looked great in her last fight with an early sub against Mallory Martin, who's a touted prospect. Um, so I think Janderoba, I'm hoping, is a sneaky play on this slate. Uh, but there's a chance that people have become sharp to that spot and she'll have some decent ownership. But one of my hot takes for this slate is that Verna Jandaroba outscores Sean O'Malley, who's probably going to be a lot higher owned. So I'm going to I'm going to have pretty significant ownership to Jandaroba, and with with Felice Herrick, for somebody like you that's making 100 lineups, sure I don't mind it. But besides that, I don't have any real interest. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, you know, it's tough. Uh, even when you think of like a hedge, 
Um, but I, I would almost rather hedge with another one of these cheap fighters than hedge with Herrick because I think if she wins, it's gonna. Uh, I think uh, I think is gonna have to pull some kind of stunt and keep it standing, and then yeah. it's just gonna be like a back and forth, like like BS fight. It's gonna go three rounds, and they're both gonna score like shit. Yeah. Like I would rather play Marlon Bear over here. I would rather play yeah. Tony Kelly. I would rather play Pineda. I would rather play Chavez. Yep, 100%. Even if they all probably lose, like, I still would rather have shares of them. This would appear like so. Yep, for sure. Yep, and that's, I, I agree with you. That's how I would play it, too. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think the she, she's, it's, she'd have to pull a stud and be like, I'm just going to yeah. stand with her. And, and I don't yeah, just and Jander Roba is on the biggest favorite on the card for a reason. Like, I, yeah. I think I think Vegas knows what's up with this matchup. Yep. Now, so – so, uh, and you said something earlier that I wanted to touch on, and that's why I think we'll get, uh, that's why I'm hoping that we'll get uh, somewhat lower ownership on her is because she is, she she's kind of the first fighter that hits that 9K range. And she yep. does have to get, she, she does have to finish it. She does have to finish it somewhat early to be optimal as well. Once you get up to that 9K range, things, you know, it's, it's not like a, you just got to finish it. You got to, you know, you got to, you got to score highly once you're up in that 9K range. Yep. Um, and so I think that might shake some people off of her um, as well. Uh, and I mean, yes, you know, she had that big score, but I think some people still might might not really be too sharp um, on her, especially as you are. But as you know, like as we are, I think people just they're like, OK, I'd rather probably go to Herbert, maybe even, you know, or I'd yeah. rather go and pay or they'll go to O'Malley. Yeah. 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 Yep. yeah I'm, so real I'm hoping quick. we'll see. And it's real quick. I do have her in the cash court on my cheat sheet and I, I think she's definitely the safest play on the slate oh yeah um is this a good cash slate oh we were talking about it uh last week uh, I'm, gonna yeah, kind of... I don't I'm gonna play some head yeah. heads yep yep cool and this is the first card in jesus the last month probably that i played that. <laughs> yeah like i haven't played cash in at least a month but so yeah, it's been terrible play some heads or double ups on this card cool cool all right man uh so we'll uh we'll keep moving all right. So next up, we have Vince uh, Pichel going up against Jim Miller. And yeah, man, this one, uh, Jim Miller, man, I swear, I don't know how many times we've talked. I've talked about Jim Miller. We've talked about Jim Miller. It's like, it seems like him and Cowboy and some of these guys are fighting like every every other month. Man. I know. Um, he's 8,300. Uh, uh, coming back at uh, 7,900, uh, 7, uh, which is Pichel's interesting. Favorite now. Yeah, yeah, and Pichel's the yeah, and Pichel's the favorite out of the minus one thirty favorite. I was wondering, so, and I didn't, I didn't see earlier, so there had to be some pretty decent uh, line movement on that one. Eh? Yeah, because I think pretty, I'm going to look at it right now. I'm pretty sure it opened up around even. I'm going to check it out. Give me one second. Uh, Pichel opened up at uh, plus one forty, and now he's the minus one thirty five favorite. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And I actually think that's right. Yeah, but that's pretty. That's pretty decent, though. Um, but I mean, it's like Jim Miller's always coming in as the dog, and I'm and uh, and I'm gonna steal this from your sheet, because uh, I, I mean, there's no uh, there's no better way to say it. Like it's boomer bust. He's first round boomer bust, um, and that's pretty much how I feel about it. Um, and on the flip side, uh, Pichelle is tough. Uh, I mean, he's tough. This is a fight, though, um, as far as DraftKings is concerned. I think for uh, for GPPs, you can try to have, like, minimal ownership to it. Uh, uh, I mean, I definitely like Pichelle, and um, I think he probably gets it done here. But I'm just not sure. Um, I'm just not sure how much we – yeah, see, I say that. He scores real well, but I just don't yeah. know. He, 
It's it's tough. It's tough. I'll be somewhere between twenty five to thirty on Pichel. Yeah, because that price, that pricing, it's like you can't, you kind of can't be anywhere lower than that. Yeah, that like I might be slightly, tag. maybe I'll be slightly more. If I if I end up making fifty lineups, I'll be probably closer to thirty percent. But yeah, that's warranted. That's warranted. Um, and that's probably about, that's probably about where I'll be at. Uh, yeah, I can't really see because the fight itself is just tough. But you can't, you can't kind of fight too much with the numbers. You can't fight too much. No. With, you know what you see because really what you see is what you get from both of these yeah. guys. Um, they're gonna go out there and scrap, and like I said, Jim Miller's gonna get it done earlier. He's probably gonna get beat the fuck up. Yeah, <laughs> agree. Michelle's gonna score yep. well. So, like, uh, if yeah. if Jim Miller doesn't get the first round sub, he's he's fucked in this matchup. I I think Michelle's slightly better everywhere, uh, besides pure jujitsu, but he definitely has a huge wrestling advantage. He has a big time power advantage on the feet. Has a huge cardio advantage. Uh, and he's he's just a really good fighter. The thing is, he just doesn't fight very often, so he doesn't get a lot of credit for how good he is. Uh, but, I mean, if you look at his losses in the UFC, they're all to ranked fighters. Uh, his last loss to was oh, to Gregor – Gle- his last loss was to Gregor Gillespie, which is not a bad loss at all. Um, and I just think as long as he can weather the first storm, uh, the first round storm from Jim Miller, I think Pichel should cruise here. And like you said, he scores very well. Uh, but it's Jim Miller, and we all know what Jim Miller does. And because of that, you always need to have a little bit of him on DraftKings. Um, but I'm probably going to be, I'm definitely going to be underweight on Miller, even if that kills me. Yeah. I mean, it's I'm going to pick Pichel to get a late finisher. Yeah. I like it. Like Jim Miller, dude, he is, he is a slate buster, man. Amen. It's, it's just, it's crazy. Even it doesn't matter if he, like, if he's 7k, if he's 9k, even because even (laughs) when he was 9k against Clay Guida, I mean, like, I remember he was chalky that slate, too. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, I was all over him. Well, remember he got rocked right at first, and then he caught that sub? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, shit. I'm like, oh, hell yeah. (laughs) Uh, It's just, you know, um, you got to love him. But, uh, but yeah, no, I'm with you on this one, man. I'm with you on this one. All right. Moving and grooving here. Uh, And this is going to be a good fight here. We got John Dodson going up against Marab uh, Davishvili. And man, I'm doing pretty good on the names today. I, no, no, I, you're, you've been a lot better. It's, that's that's what I'm talking about. See, <laughs> you gotta you gotta practice in the mirror, man. That's what I've been trying to tell you. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but uh, but we got uh, these guys are bantamweight, so we got 135ers here, and John Dodson, the vet, coming in at 7,500. Ab is 8,700. And, um, yeah, I mean, this one, we kind of touched on this one a little bit earlier. Marab is definitely going to be the favorite here. Currently, he's the minus 240 fave. And um, the only thing I want to say about Dodson is, like, you can't – fuck, man. It's like he's he's live for the – he's live for a win. Yeah, and um, his, his only type of victory here is a KO. So, because of that, you should have yeah. But Yeah, and it's like it, – and I don't think it necessarily even translates into – uh, into DraftKings, but he's no. definitely li- like he, he. Something could happen. He could catch Murab because if it just stays standing or something like that, which um, which it, I don't see it happening. No, because uh, Murab is a relentless wrestler. Plus, this is a smaller kinda, octagon too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just like this is and and with that price tag at eighty seven hundred too, um, it's gonna it's gonna be hard for me not to have a lot of them in my lineups. Um, I mean, he's gonna just uh, relentlessly take down John. Um. And I know some people because um, I've seen I've seen a couple of tweets here and there, and I can't say people are necessarily touting John, but they're like, oh, you know, he's you know he's quick, he's gonna be quicker, he's gonna. 
like Marab is not even going to play around with this dude on the feet like no. that. And I think the only time you, people John catches people is when he's like they're playing with him, you know. Yeah. Um. But uh. But other than that, man, I, I'm all over Marab, and um, I'll probably have I could I wouldn't even call it hedge ownership on Dodson, um, because usually when I like when I'm talking about like that, it's when I'm like I'm going like a sixty forty or like a sixty thirty or like something like yeah. that. I'll probably just have like maybe like ten percent of Dotson, something like that. Yeah, um, same here. Just because I'm gonna have tons to devolve to, yeah, tons. Yeah. So yeah, but like with Dotson, like he's been let's look who he's been taken down by. He's been taken down multiple times by Nathaniel Wood. He was taken down by by Peter Young. He was taken down by Pedro Munoz. Uh, he was taken down by Marlon Marais. He was taken down by John Lineker. Like. And Marab's a much better wrestler than all these guys. He's going to be much bigger. He's going to be a lot stronger. And all over him. Yeah. And when Marab, I mean, just look at his DraftKings scores. The guy's pure gold. I mean, his last fight, he scored 100, 176. Let's be real. That's not going to happen in this fight. Um, this is a much different level of competition, but 131, 92, 98. Uh, and, and in his losses, he scored 71 and 79. So, I mean, he has all Holy up shit. tight in the world. Yeah, takedowns and 14 advances. Yeah. Like, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just no, no. saw that. I'm that's like, why it's what? insane. Like, that's not going to – he's not going to score 170 points here. Like, I, I think probably closer to 110, 115. Um, but, I mean, even then, that's going to be optimal. And he's going to be very oh, chalky. So, I do have him in the cash core, and I do have him in the GPP core. He's one of my two or three favorite plays on the slate. Uh, so, get as much as you can. The only thing is that this is his definitely by far his toughest matchup to date against his toughest competition. Uh, so I wouldn't be shocked if it was a letdown spot and he got clipped. But I love that they're fighting in the smaller octagon. I think that gives Marab a huge boost uh, here. So I'm going to have all the Marab in the world. And then I'll probably have 8 to 10% of Dodson. I mean, he, he scores horribly even in his KO wins. Uh, so... I don't have a ton of interest. Yeah. There's nothing worse than uh, like when you, when you kind of like hedge a fight too. And Marab, like he's putting in work, you know what I'm saying? Gets to the third round. He'd have had a huge score. Ends up with only like 60. You know what I mean? I know. Well, fuck. I know. And then Dodson doesn't do shit at 7,500. He ends up with like 45. It's like, what the hell? Amen. Um, So, so yeah, I'm with you on there, man. Um, But going to be a good fight for sure. Um, yeah, gonna be a good fight. Gonna be a good fight. I, uh, I just, I don't know why. I just keep, I just keep seeing Dodson clipping Marab. I don't know why. I just keep seeing it. I wouldn't be head, shocked. Man. It just, like, it's, if Marab, Marab, if Marab strikes for more than two minutes at a time, he's probably going down. But I mean, you, you, anytime Marab, because that would be him playing with him. Yeah, you know, anytime you know, Marab's, yeah. anytime Marab's on a DraftKings slate and he's at the salary that he is, like you have to, you need to have tons of them. Like if if he yeah. loses, he loses. But over long term, if you target like that style of a fighter, like Marab or TJ Brown or Usman or who you know all those Khabib, like they're gonna win you tons of money on DraftKings over the long run. Yep, that was perfectly said, man, for sure. All right, next up we have Daniel Panita going up against Herbert Burns. Um, I know Burns missed weight by a lot. Did he missed weight yeah. by it was like was it like four or five? Yeah, pounds? four and a half pounds. He looked he looked yeah like he didn't look bad as far as sex as being sucked out dry, but yeah, he looked like incredibly dejected 
And he like he looked like he was about to cry, and he even looked that same way at the stare down. So he needs to get his head into this, or he might be on upset alert. Yeah, that's yeah, that's nasty. Because I mean, I could see him, especially like his brother. You know what I mean? Like they're both pros, and you know, yeah. I mean, I could see like they're not gonna. That's, that's probably not gonna fly too much over at the camp too. So I don't no. know what happened, but um, that sucks. But uh, with the fight still on, and um, it, so. This one, sh- like, if if Herbert would have made late and everything would have went, and I mean, this should still kind of go this way. Like, Herbert should be able to kind of have his way with this fight. It actually I might hate. be an advantage that he missed weight in the grappling because he's gonna be heavier, right? He's just yeah, gonna be one just yep. weigh on him, um, and that's what he was gonna do anyway. Um, I do think. Uh, see, this is this is why. Just to go back to him because we were kind of talking about ownership a little bit. This is why it's the Brown. And, like, it's going to get tough right there as far as ownership. And I think when you were talking about more, we might see spread out ownership earlier at the beginning of the podcast. I, I, you might be right because, I mean, it's you can, You just cannot load up on all these guys. You can't mm-hmm. load up on Burns. You can't load up on O'Malley. And you can't load up – like, you know, you just can't do it. And so, um, especially uh, – I mean, it, it, it could be uh, it could be uh, Jandrobia, too, shoot, uh, 9K. Like, we're, some, of these, some of these fighters are going to be lower owned than – we expect and i guess you just gotta hope to you know get the right one and be more exposed to them well it's gonna be tough yep but um mm-hmm. but yeah i think herbert burns is definitely the play here uh 8900 uh get him in where you can i actually have uh on my little notes here uh, i'm gonna try to get as much of them as i can um without uh hindering my lineups and what i mean by that is um you know like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna force 90 percent of them because that's gonna hinder your lineups like you're, yeah, I can I can guarantee you that if he's optimal, even unless he's ninety percent owned, you can get away with probably about forty or fifty percent, and that's a good amount of your lineups that that will you know have a good chance to be running towards the end of the night. And that's kind of what you want. Um, but do you got anything else on this one? Yeah, I just I like I like Burns to win here, um, and I do have him marked on the sheet as in in green coloring as a cash and GPP play. I think he's fairly safe, and he has solid upside. Um, but one thing I do need to note is I left Pineda off the sheet, but if you're making over, if you're making close to 10 lineups, I think you can definitely throw him in a lineup, uh, especially if you're planning on having lots of burns. Cause he, he is a, he is a dangerous guy. And I think he probably, he probably has a striking advantage. I think a slight one, uh, especially if he can turn it into a dog fight. It's just, I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think Herbert Burns can get takedowns at will. Pineda only has like a 42% takedown defense. And I know Pineda has good jujitsu, but it's nowhere close to Herbert Burns. And I think Herbert will just be able to overwhelm him. And I think he's going to get probably a late second or early round finish. Um, So I'm not, I have some concerns about what his upside is, uh, but I do think he's pretty damn safe. Yeah, I agree. I think, excuse me. Yeah, I think this is, uh, it could I mean, Panetta. It could be. It could be. It could be a letdown spot, man. It really could be, as far as just the points, the raw points are concerned. Uh, yeah. Just like you said, like you know. Um, but I do think, uh, just like kind of what you were touching on earlier, at the end of the day, um, you know, betting and putting your money on these types of guys, especially on a DraftKings standpoint, um, it's going to win you money more times than not. Yeah. Um. So, uh, so I think he's a pretty safe bet there for sure. All right, man, uh, and we're uh, we're getting along here. Only only a few fights left here. Uh, we got some big boys here. We got a heavyweight fight here. We got a uh, JDS Junior Dos Santos 
uh, going up against Jarzinho, Biggie Boy, man. I didn't know that was his nickname until I until I saw it. On, I think it was like on Embedded or something like that. And he was repping it everywhere. I was Hell like, yeah. okay, that's that's pretty G. Um, but uh, but yeah, Jarzinho, uh, Rosen Strike here. Um, he is currently eighty four hundred, and Junior Dos Santos is seventy eight hundred. And um, I guess I'll give you the odds real quick, even though I, they're they're close. They're closer than what I think they should be. Um, JD, I'm pretty sure a Rosenstrike was just like the minus 130. Yep, minus 136 favorite. And um, while <clears throat> like I don't want I don't want to be disrespectful. I think JDS is definitely like the he's just like he he's been around longer. You know what I mean? He's probably just from a technical standpoint and better. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's just you know these. He's a more skilled guys, fighter. He he is he de- he definitely is. Um, and at seventy eight hundred, um, I mean, you know, I'll definitely have some shares of him for sure because uh, if he wins this fight, he's going to be optimal because he's he, he's going to have to kind of pull something out here because Jorginho is for one going to come at him super aggressive right away, um, and he's gonna he's gonna kind of keep coming at him consistently for three rounds too because he's got the cardio to do it. Um, so I mean, uh, JDS will be there. This is either gonna this is either gonna score really well for uh, Jorginho. Um, or JDS is going to have a decent score here, I think, in three rounds. Um, and that's kind of how I'm going to play it. Um, I think Jorginho is going to have a lot of ownership, too, because people are, even though he lost that last fight, like, you know, they're hyping up the KO, and he's he's super live for the KO. But it's a, Yeah, it should uh, be a crutch spot for him. It, 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 should, it should be, but um, we'll see. We'll see what happens here. And at 8,400, like, it's going to be tough not to play him, too. I just, I'm really, uh, man, I'm just personally, man, I don't know why I have like, I have like PTSD with these heavyweight fights, man, because they just continue to burn, to tell you the truth. They really do. Um, they just continue to burn. They're, they're just super sloppy more times than not. And um, I could even see this one going three rounds and Jorginho maybe not trying to pop his head off right away. Maybe. I don't know. No, he'll probably try to pop his head off right away. But um We'll, we'll see how it goes here. But Jorginho's my pick for sure in at 8,400. Um, I'll see how much of them I can get in kind of at that price range with everybody else there. But I think we get a – as far as where everyone else is, I think we get a discount besides the main event. Um, I think this might be one of our better values on the card. Uh, what do you got here? Yeah, honestly, my main concern for Rosenstreich in this fight is that he's coming back too soon from his KO loss to Francis. Um, but, I mean, I'm more concerned about that than I am about what junior has to offer him i think i think junior's done i mean he looked he looked horrific in the curtis blades fight like his takedown defense looked okay but he barely threw any punches i mean then he got ko'd on the feet by curtis blades which is a horrific look curtis blades has the worst striking with any heavyweight in the top 15 and i mean jds in his prime would ko him easily so and he's been ko'd two times in a row now after winning a few fights in a row um, I think Rosenstruck's going to be faster. I think he hits harder, especially weight nowadays. I don't think Junior's power is the same as what, he, what it used to be. And uh, even though he just got KO'd by Francis, I mean, who the hell doesn't get KO'd by Francis besides Stipe? Uh, so you can't really – you can't knock him for that. And even though even though he got KO'd early, like if you go back and watch it, he landed some really clean strikes on Francis when Francis came crashing in. It's just that – he got clipped with an insane bomb for Francis and it put him out. Um, but if he would have survived that, I wouldn't have been shocked at all if he won the fight because it was pretty obvious he was a much technical striker there. Um, so I think he's going to get Junior out of there sometime in the first round. 
I have him in the GPP cores along with TJ Brown and Marab Dabalashili. Um, so I'm, I'll, my only concern really in this fight in general is that it goes to a decision. Um, but I don't, I don't think Junior can take three rounds of punches from Rosenstrick without going down. And even if he, if Junior doesn't get KO'd cold, like when he gets rocked or he gets hard, he just kind of shells up and he doesn't throw back. Uh, so I think if Rosenstrick would even kind of be able to pour it on and get a TKO finish there. Um, but because I'm going to have tons of Rosenstrick, I'm definitely going to have a couple of shares of Dos Santos as well. But I wouldn't go out of my way to target Dos Santos. Like I like somebody yeah. like Vince Michelle better and a lot of, a few other 7K fighters. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you, man. I agree with you. And I actually, um, you know, you're right. I, uh, it's, it's the, the pricing, the pricing is just, it makes it so tough not to kind of just want to lock this guy in as far as, uh, Rosen strikes in. Like if Rosenstrike wins, he's like, I mean, let's be like this. I would be beyond shocked if this goes to a decision. So he's going to be optimal. And like with JDS, I don't know if that's the case, if this goes to a decision and he wins. Yeah. No, and um, and and earlier when I was speaking, the the pricing, I I thought the pricing, I thought the pricing was a little bit tighter on uh on Jarzinho too, but that eighty that eighty four hundred, you just cannot deny it. And I'll tell nope. you this too, that late in the card, man, um, like <laughs> that's gonna that's yep. gonna do some moving and some shaking for sure. Um, Amen. So yeah, no, I'm with you, man, for sure. And and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely have as much of him as I can get. Um. Because so, and, what do you think will be around like fifty percent or less? Probably fifty, probably yeah, probably maybe fifty, fifty-five or something like that. And so, if you're gonna if you're gonna take like an approach like I am, you want to be overweight on that. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm yeah. gonna tell you how much overweight, but you do that's that's kind of how you can get an advantage because if you get fifty percent, um, you're not helping yourself. You know, you're really hurting yourself. Either way you think about it. Like, Agreed. You know, He's lose. one of those fighters where you need to take a stand and you either yeah. need to decide I'm going to be significantly overweight or yeah. I'm going to be underweight. Yeah, for sure. And so I think I think uh, you'd be perfectly fine with, like, I'm probably going to have about 70, 75, yeah. 80% of this guy, and then I'm going to run yeah. it back with Run it back with Junior. JDS. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Completely agree. All right. Yep. Uh, so uh, next up here in the co-main event, it's almost weird that Sean O'Malley, like it's not weird, but it's like, you know, they push these young guys so fast, man. And we decided the other week with Edmund. Yeah, it's they push these young guys so fast. But I mean, he's, you know, he's 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 a money grab right now and he's definitely doing his thing. And uh, the one punch, the walk away knockouts. I mean, you, you can't deny that he's, he's the kid's flashy. He's doing his thing, man. But uh it's, it's a whole know, new level of competition it, right it's here. It's a whole new level of competition <laughs> here. He's going up against Welcome Wineland, to the big man. leagues. Yeah. I'm, I mean, like, uh, Eddie Wineland, man, is in Marlon Vera, man. Like, it's it's going to be a You know what Marlon Vera would do with Eddie Wineland? Like, let's be real here. Like, yeah, seriously. And, and Sean, it's just, I still feel like we haven't, uh, I, I feel like the most that we've seen from Sean was in that contender series, personally. Yeah. Um, I think ever since he's been in the UFC, like he's, I'm not going to say he's been gifted matchups because he hasn't been gifted matchups, but he, it's just like, he, he's almost getting like that Greg Hardy he trend, you know, a little bit, yeah. you know, or they're kind of just like, you know, let's, let's keep showcasing this guy. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah let's, like, let's, 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 you know, like, like if, you Eddie Wine, if you fought Eddie Wineland from five years ago, that would have been impressive. Yeah. But yeah, like, yeah. I mean, Marlon Vera is just a whole different ballpark of competition. Like sure. Sure, O'Malley might come in here and get a first-round knockout and prove 
prove me wrong, but I need to see it before I believe it with this kid. Uh, obviously, he has talented striking, um, but he has been pushed to a decision a couple of times, and he hasn't scored the greatest A. And also, I really think that Marlon Vera can land takedowns at will here uh, as long as he decides to and should have, should have a fairly significant grappling advantage. Uh, my main concern is that I thought Vera's boxing looked really poor in the Song Yudong fight, uh, even though we took over that fight late. And so my concern is that it looks the same and he gets clipped by O'Malley. But I do like that Marlon Vera has been working with Jason Perillo on his boxing. Uh, I think that's going to make huge improvements. And uh, just with O'Malley, A, he has to be the highest scorer on the slate for him to be optimal. And he's going to be insanely chalky. Uh, and this is by far his toughest opponent to date. And also Marlon Vera has never been knocked out when he's fought guys like John Lineker and um, – I mean, top five guys. So, is Sean Malley really the Sean O'Malley really the guy that's going to put him out cold early on? <laughs> I I don't see it. Would I be shocked if it happens? Not at all. Uh, so because of that, I do have O'Malley listed as a GPP play. Um, but I'm going to be significantly underweight, and I do have some significant interest to Marlon Bear on this slate and investor him. Well, he's the cheapest fighter, right? At seven K. So I mean, yeah, if you roster him, you can play anybody. Um, so I'm, I'm going to pick Marlon Vera to win by decision or a late sub, um, but I'm not overly calm about it. But he, he is going to be my preferred play. Um, but I completely understand why people are going to be heavy on Sean O'Malley in this ball also. Yeah, no, me too. I mean, um, 9,200. And, uh, I mean, I understand it, you know. Uh, the only thing that I, the only thing that I don't like here is uh, that you kind of touched on too is, is like he's never been tested like Marlon Vera, and I think, I think personally, I think that he's kind of taken Marlon Vera a little for granted. Yeah, because same here. he's, I think you know, like he thinks he knows, like oh, he's gonna try and just stand with me, and da 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 da. It's like I don't, I don't. I think I think he might be letting you think you know what's gonna happen, man. You're about to get that vet lesson. If yeah. he's smart, that's what he'll do, because um, I he knows he needs to get this win. Um, I, I think, uh, I think, you know, like O'Malley's got the flag in his hair and all that kind of stuff. Like, I mean, you know, and, and Marlon's dude, he's such a professional. I don't even think he said anything about it. No, he right? said he, said he doesn't even care. Oh, did he? Yeah. He said, like, it doesn't, you, he said it doesn't affect his daily life in any way. So why should he care about it? It's <laughs> a, yeah. a perfect response. Like, I mean, I was, that's, that's the perfect response. It's like, but you know, like, he's probably like, it'd be nice to, shut this kid up because oh, he yeah. does know like he said he's trying to you know he's, he's trying to um he's trying to kind of take his spot man and uh just super impressive that both these guys are in the co-main event too so uh kind of hats off to both of them for doing their thing and the other thing the suspension and, too and another thing real quickly is that there's been a ton of money coming into marlon vera like sean o'malley opened as a minus 375 favorite and now he's down all the way down to all the way down to minus 255 so i think oh, there's a lot of sharp money coming in on Marlon Vera right now. Yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, I could, I could see why. Seven uh, K, man. I'm telling you, like he's, he should be able to take Sean O'Malley here to deep waters. Um, and we'll see what. I mean, happens, didn't he man. score like sixty points against Yitong in a loss in his last fight? Um, yeah, I think it was like fifty nine. Yeah. 59 yeah, and he, and he probably top. got robbed in that fight. Like I was on Yitong, but Marlon Vera probably got robbed. So I mean, that could have easily been ninety points. Yeah, and you touched uh, – you, you, you mentioned, uh, like, his striking, too. It's The only reason it was concerning, and I'm with you, because his striking was looking real good. 
Uh, I mean, he was looking in like real good form, and then yeah, against Song, man, he just could not, he just could not get in range, and then he just, it just did not, it just flipped off. So it could be. That might be because Song's such a good striker, though. So it's yeah, yeah, seriously. Um, But who who, who, uh, who would you pick to win between O'Malley and Song? That's tough. Um, I probably would. I probably would still have to go with O'Malley because of the yeah. length, just in a blender right now. Just yeah, you know I think your dong's a bit of a because um, the length is the length is tough. Yeah, and he's he's quirky, and I think that's the only reason. Yep, but uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good fight, man. And I'm gonna play it. I'm gonna play it the same way too. Uh, I think we're gonna see significant ownership on O'Malley, and I'm gonna be underweight. Um, I'm gonna try to have enough to where I won't be too mad. If, if he goes out there and, and does have like the highest score of the night, yeah. so maybe like twenty five percent. But other than that, I'm gonna try to get away with um, you know hoping we see a great fight. But no, I'm honestly, you're probably gonna be under under that. I'm gonna be like yeah. 15, 20. I like it. No shit, I, I like it. If it kills, like it kills it. me. But I think I think there's much better plays on the slate. Well, and I think I just just imagine just imagine if this late in the card, um, he busts. Right. You like, think? What do you think? He's fifty he, with that ownership. What do you think he is? 50 percent. Gotta be minimum. Gotta be. Yeah, minimum. I'm. I'm gonna be way under. Yeah. Yeah, minimum. Minimum for sure. So yeah, that's. I think that's a money play. I think that's a sharp play right there for sure. Yep. Um, and I and I, I also think too like if if these guys are that chalky and they go out there and put up a hundred like it's gonna be a shit slate anyway. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like there's gonna be ties. It's you're gonna be splitting yeah. money anyway, and that's, that's not what you yep. want to do. Um, so all right, so uh, we made it to the main event. We got uh, the trilogy here, man. Gonna uh, be a good DC, one, see, yeah, uh, a great one, yeah. DC Daniel Cormier going up against uh, Stipe Miocic. Um, man, Stipe is like, it's like I can't say you wouldn't know Stipe's a fighter because he's big as shit and he looks mean and he looks like he'd be getting punched up and like, but he just doesn't. He's he's just I don't know man he just doesn't look like like a UFC. He looks like fighter. everyday he looks guy. like a firefighter. Yeah, like, yeah, he does. You That's why he's so likable. Yeah, it's, seriously. Um, just you know, people kind of make fun of uh, you know, that 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 kind of Cleveland talk that he's got <laughs> that chatter there that they got going on down there. But uh, but man, he's a great guy, great fighter. And, um, this could be a good fight, man. Eighty two hundred for Stipe and Daniel's coming back. He's eight K and. Uh, you know, DC's been fighting for a long time, man. I won't go down his whole resume, but Strike Force champ, you know, heavyweight champ, light heavyweight champ. Uh, he had the battles with John Jones, the epic battles there. And um, I mean, it's you know, if this is uh, if this is his last fight, it's been a, it's been a good ride, man. So um, hats off to him. But uh, he chose a hell of a fight to go out and a tough matchup too. Um, I'll let you kind of start off on this one, man. How do you got this one? Yeah, man, it's a definitely a great trilogy fight. Um, obviously, Stipe got off to a really good start in the first fight, but then got clipped uh, with a big punch from DC in the second. In the uh, to end that fight, the second fight, DC started out really well, and then Stipe turned it around in the third round and finally finished him in the fourth round. Um, and honestly, I picked Stipe in the first fight. I picked Stipe in the second fight, and I mean, I'm definitely gonna pick him here again. I DC can definitely have some success early on, uh, especially with the wrestling. It's just DC has proven time and time again he doesn't have the cardio to be able 
to be able to wrestle for five rounds straight. Usually comes out the gate really strong with his wrestling, and then he just turns more into a boxer, uh, which is what got him killed in the last fight besides the body shot. Um, and I really think Stipe found some openings in the last fight, the body shot. And I saw some people trying to say it was fluky, but that's complete bullshit because DC has been hurt multiple times by body shots. I mean, a washed Anderson Silva almost finished him to the body. John Jones ruined him to the body in the first fight, ruined him to the yeah, body in the yeah. second fight. Gustafson hurt yeah. him to the body. Frank Mir hurt him to the body. Like it's it's just a this goes back and back and back where DC's has very susceptible to body shots. And as we wait, if you guys have watched the countdown shows or embedded, you'll see that Steve and his coach talks about it is that he got he was so pissed off about the KO in the first fight, he wanted to slug it out with DC early on. And he wasn't really using his footwork or his angles. Uh, and that's where DC where Stipe is best is when he's cutting angles with his footwork and he has incredible boxing, uh, which was able to show in those last two rounds of the last fight. And I think I think this fight is just going to be a continuation of the third round and fourth round from the last fight. I my one of my, my other hot take for this card is that I think Stipe is gonna dominate dominate this fight. Um like Cormier might have some success earlier, but but this is his retirement fight. If you listen to his interviews, he sounds like somebody that's ready for it to be over and he's ready to enjoy his retirement. Retirement. He's talking, saying stuff like if he's meant to win, he'll then he'll win, or if he's meant to lose, then he'll lose. Like I don't like hearing that from him. Like no. in his prime, in his prime, he would never say that shit ever. He, I was just gonna say he would have never. Dude, said he, he, he would. Like he that, would. Man. He would punch himself for saying oh, that in his prime. Like so, yeah. I just think Stipe like. And obviously, Stipe isn't a spring chicken himself, but he is younger. He hasn't taken as much, for the, for the most part, hasn't taken as much damage as DC. Um, and I just think, like I said, I think he's a better fighter. I think he has better boxing. I think he's lighter on his feet. I think he has a better footwork. Uh, he's shown he can take DC down himself. Um, and I think he really found that big opening in the last fight. So I'm going to pick uh, Stipe to get an early third-round finish. Um, but one thing on DraftKings is that because these guys are priced right next to each other, 8200 uh, 8, and 8000 I'm going to make like the same lineups, and then I'm just going to inter- like change out Stipe for DC and a lot of them. Because if both lineups sit and then you go to the main event, that means you still have both guys alive. And, I mean, good things are going to happen from that. So I'm probably going probably gonna to have, have this split like 65% Stipe, 35% DC. Um, but like I said, you should definitely make a lot of duplicate lineups where it has one STP and one STC, and you'll definitely have the money for that since DC is 200 cheaper. Yep, no, 100%. 100%. I, um, I'm actually surprised that Stipe, uh, is not favored a little more here because it's basically a pick em. That's why I didn't get the yeah. odds on this one. It's basically a pick em. Um, and that he's not a little more expensive on DraftKings. Uh, they're giving a lot of respect to uh, to the former double champ here, and I can see why. Um, I, you know, it, it's funny because people are saying like like DC was winning those first uh, first couple rounds, and you know, like DC was winning on the feet. Well, it's like the it, and then like touching on what you said too, like you know, you know, like the body punches were fluky. That it's not fluky, man. Like no. before before he got kicked in the head, man, he got hurt to the body. Yeah, exactly. Like, but, Jones destroyed him know. to the body. Anderson almost finished him with it to the body. Like yeah, yeah, and yeah, um, like just, yeah, and then the that DC was dominating the second fight's complete complete bullshit. He won the yep. first two rounds, then two of the three judges gave Stipe the third round. 
and then Stipe finished the fight in the fourth round. So that should tell you that should tell you everything you need to know. Like he completely took over that fight as it went on. And like I said, I just think it's going to be a continuation uh, yeah. of that last fight. But I would not be shocked at all if Daniel won. Yeah, I wouldn't either. If for some reason, um, I just I don't know, man. It's 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 tough after you see a guy three times, man. Like I just think Stipe, we know he's he uh, can make the adjustment, right? Yeah. Like we know he knows how to make the adjustments, and I just don't know, uh, like. Do, do you see? Like I know he's gonna be able to dominate him on the wrestling. Yeah, like. But does just, he ever he make adjustments mid fight? Yeah, like like does DC ever make mid fight adjustments? Like not really. No, not no. really. And, that, and that's what cost him against Jones. That's what cost no. him against Stipe. So yeah. I do yeah. think that's what's going to happen here. But I mean, I'm going to have I'm going to have this fight rostered in 100 percent of my lineups. Maybe I'll oh, yeah. maybe I'll leave one without it in case something fluky happens. Uh, but I mean, I'm going to have it like in, if I make 25 lineups, I'll have it in 24, 25. If I make 50 lineups, I'll have it in 49 to 50. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. Out of out of say my hundred that I'm in right now, I'm definitely gonna be. Uh, I'm definitely gonna be sixty forty. To be honest with you, though, I um, I kind of like taking stands on these main events, and uh, I'm really leaning towards Stipe yeah. uh, tomorrow night, and so I'm probably gonna be a little heavier on Stipe. Yep. Yeah. Um, and just and just whatever I don't have with Stipe, I'm just gonna run it back with DC and just and just hope for the best, man. Um, especially, uh, especially if you're playing like me, I'm going to be playing probably a hundred, just in that dollar. There's a lot of lineups that are going to be constructed, a lot of funky lineups, oh, yeah. man. And so, um, uh, you, you can definitely go 60, 40, 50, 50. That's probably the smarter thing to do. Yep. Um, but, but shoot, man, I'm going to try to take a stand here on Stipe and, and hope I can get over the field on there by a lot. And, uh, like, what, and, what do you think the percentages will be? Shit, man. They're both, yeah, because they're both. See, and that's 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 why it's gonna help people load up on some of these guys because the main event is kind of so cheap, you know, eight k eighty two hundred. So yeah, we'll probably see. I'd say over, mm, yeah, I'd fifty. I'd say probably forty five plus on both. Yeah, that makes sense. Let's see for I I, uh, I can tell you right now too. This is gonna be in in uh it's a five round fight heavyweight. We're gonna see some stacks in GPPs too. People are gonna stack this fight in GPPs. This one hundred percent stack this in cash. I have it in the cash card. I have the stack. All you really need from the stack is one hundred and twenty, and that, that's gonna crush that number. Uh, yeah. So turn over, get in cash. Definitely stack it. And if you're making a bunch of GPP lineups, feel free to stack it in one or two. But if you're making like under fifteen lineups, I don't I don't know if I would stack it. Would you? If you're only making, no, I'm but not... if you're making ten lineups, would you stack it in GPP? I probably wouldn't. No, I I I I wouldn't stack it. Period. I um I think I just think there's better ways to spend your money. I yep. think, I guess if you're gonna play a bunch of lineups, um like if you're gonna play like a hundred lineups, one hundred fifty lineups, and you right. want to take a handful of those and do that, you can. Uh, but I per- but personally. Um, I, I don't, you know, I just think more times than not, it's, it's not, it's not going to win. It's the, you have so many things that need to happen True. for that stack to hit in GPPs. And, and when it happens, you know, like, you know, people are going to be like, oh, you fucker, I told you. And it's like, yeah, but that's, it's one in a million. And, and it's just, um, you know, it's, it's kind of going back to like the picking the fighters kind of thing. Like if you want to win money and you want to win money more times than not, you probably don't want to stack these fights in GPPs. 
Um, and I just, I just kind of stick to that, man. That's just kind of uh, one of my commandments, as so to say. Um, so I, I would advise not to, but, um, if you're going to, you know, I can, this is definitely a fight that, you know, you can throw a handful of these bad boys out there, but I just think long run, it's negative EV personally. Like I, you know, I just think you're better off. I just think you're better off saying, fuck it. You know, my guy's going to win and I'm going to go one way or the other or just going 50, 50 or, or kind of doing it like that. Um, That's why, because they're, because one guy's 8,200 and one's 8,000, I'm just going to make a lineup of five fighters and then, I'll have it with DC, and then I'll make that same lineup take out Steve. Uh, I'm sorry, have it with DC, and then I'll make that same lineup take out DC and put Steve in. Uh, just, I mean, I I usually wouldn't do that. Uh, you know, that's not my style. But on a slate like this, where they're priced that close together, where it wouldn't be shocked if either guy won, where both will be optimal for sure. I think it's definitely an interesting move to make. Yeah, no, I, 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 I think that's. I honestly think that's a very, very. Sh- I think that's sharp. I think that's super sharp. Yeah. Um, I think that's super, super sharp, especially because you're like, how many lineups you're playing for sure. I think that's super sharp. See, and that's where the strategy comes into play too. If I was playing anything less than like a hundred, even like anything less than sixty, fifty. Oh yeah, that would be my approach for sure because then I'd be like, okay, I want to just be able to, like you were saying, I just want to at the end of the night, I just want to have you know some of my lineups be like 50-50. So if they're both training or if they're both running, and I have <clears throat> Stepe in one and I have Cormier in the other, like you, you know, you should be looking at a good night. So no, that's the strategy for sure, brother. That's the strategy. All right, man. Well, thanks for chatting with me, and thanks for uh, thanks for sticking with us. Uh, hopefully you guys can make some good money. We got a really, really good card here. Uh, you know, we got the small cage. I know we didn't mention it here, but I just don't, I, at this point, if you don't know it's a smaller cage, then you haven't been paying attention. Um, but I also just don't. The people that say it doesn't are completely full of shit. I'm not trying to be like, a, oh. sound like a dick, but that's the way it is. Oh, for sure. 100, 100%. Um, and you'll, you'll see it here. You'll yep. see, it. uh, Marlon Berry even mentioned something about it too. He's like, man, I, I remember fighting back and you throw a jab and, you know, it's like the guy was right in your face. You couldn't move. And so you're in a phone booth. Um, but, uh, but so I'm excited, man. And hopefully, uh, you guys, and hopefully we can all make some money. Uh, you know how to, to get a hold of us. If you need to, you can always DM us or reach out to us anyway, but, um, that'll do it. You anything you want to leave the people with? Uh, real quickly, I'll just go over the cores I have on the cheat sheet again for the cash cards. Verna Jandaroba, oh, yeah. Marab Devalashili, and the Cormio and Miocic stacked. And then for the GBP core, it's Rosenstruik, Marab Devalashili, and TJ Brown. Yep. And then the best... Rosenstruik for the win, baby. Hell yeah, and then the GBP fights the target are Brown versus Chavez, Miocic versus Cormier, Miller versus Pichel, Rosenstruik versus JDS. O'Malley versus Marlon Vera and Marab versus Dots. Yep. Uh, I just to piggyback off of that, it, it, if you take that core, if you take what we talked about with the main event, um, I mean, you know, it, you, you'll have to make a couple of decisions on your own. But uh, I mean, you know, you, you should be. Hopefully, if things even just semi go our way, uh, you know, you should be doing all right. And if they don't, hopefully you're smart enough to make some hedges. You know, Amen. things can maybe still be going your way. Amen. So uh, let's let's get it, man. Cool. Let's get it. Good luck, everybody. All right. Peace. Good Thank luck. You.